It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. By Hollywood, you mean Burbank, across the street from the Wiener Schnitzel. Serves beer. How do you like that? Nobody knows that. Nobody, how many people do I have to tell? The Wiener Schnitzel on, in Burbank, across the street from like NBC Studios and all that stuff, and Olive. They serve beer. They're like three different kinds. If you want to have a nice, cold mug of beer in a unflattering fluorescent light sitting next to a homeless person <clears throat> this is where you want to go and i want to thank you, the wiener schnitzel for sponsoring this program uh, for so many years this is the business end of show business and it is two hours of the business end of show business but tonight we have a weird uh charger football thing uh, so i don't know if it's it's preempted or you're going to hear this or not on the radio or not I, last week i made it as a podcast they broadcast it on the air Last week was pretty boring. I, I didn't have a lot of time to do it. I couldn't do any editing, so I just started blabbering 38 minutes, like I'm doing now. And I apologize for that. This one's going to be a lot better, though. Guarantee it. Uh, all kinds of stuff is happening. Hollywood is changing. We will get to some of that later. Right now, let's check the movies. Let's check the movie situation. What is winning this week? The winner is this movie called The Eternals. Uh, you know, it's a Disney movie with, with the Marvel stuff, but Walt Disney Studios... Yeah, I didn't see it because I, I can't bring myself to, to go and spend that much time talking about uh, looking at fake people that don't exist with superpowers. I don't know. I can't, I can't take it. But a lot of people like it. Uh, the biggest movie of the year looks like Venom or maybe uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, and these are movies about fake people that don't exist with weird superpowers. The Eternals is another one doing quite well. Down a little bit from last week. Uh, number two, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Only thing I know about Clifford is what I learned from Dave Chappelle. Dune. Everybody's talking about Dune. No one will not talk about Dune. But no one will see Dune, uh, evidently, by these uh, grosses. I mean, you know, is it $93 million total? But is that going to pay for whatever a Dune costs? Maybe not. Uh, people say maybe it's better than David Lynch's Dune. But David Lynch's Dune is David Lynch. This Dune... Is doomed, they say. Number four, No Time to Diarrhea from United Artists. James Bond movie. That's a great movie. That's the best movie on that top five list right there. And I should know. I haven't seen any of the other ones. But what did I see? Let's go to my letterboxed uh, diary. My diary. The Letterboxed Diary. Letterboxed is the uh, application where I get to put my movies in there and tell you what I saw, and re basically it's reminding myself what I saw as uh, dementia sets in. This is smart. You should be doing this. Spencer is a movie I saw uh, recently. I can tell you I saw it because I have my diary. I saw it on November 8th. Mm-hmm. Now, that was Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Wow. You know what the acting by Kristen Stewart 
very great. She was on my radio show once. Timothy Spall. Is a, this actor you're going to recognize is the guy with the rat face from Harry Potter. He's great. The guy who runs the kitchen is great. Uh, the movies, the music is great. Um, the music, but the movie is awful. Spencer. It's about Diana Spencer. Ah, oh, it's terrible. It's all too self-serious. And the trailers that played before the movie started were all from Scandinavia. For some reason, I don't know why. They were all like Norwegian movies with uh, sub English subtitles. I'm not against that. I'm an old Norse major, but you know, okay, they're kind of downers usually, like Ingmar Bergman movies. Now, it seems like the distributor picked up on the Spencer movie because it was like an Ingmar Bergman movie. Uh, attempts at art while very boring and self-serious. Uh, if you're going to go dig into the Diana Spencer world one more time, to torture her family one more time, it should be entertaining. And this was not. So, and then the usual uh, low-hanging fruit, these movies attack uh, hunting. Uh, did you know that hunting is cruel and Diana was against it? What a wonderful woman. That's just like, can you give her something else to latch on to? This wasn't really an anti-Diana film. It was, it was written by a guy who was like knighted or something like that. He had some kind of maybe royal order of the coif or something. So it wasn't a hatchet job against, against uh, the royal family like some of these are, but it was kind of maybe a hatchet job against Diana Spencer because she appeared mentally ill and extremely unlikable. Extremely unlikable. She made you hate this movie and hate her and feel sorry for the royal family. Uh, interesting angle, but it got boring. So I will continue to hunt. That's something I like to do. And uh, if, if this woman that the world loves so much uh, is against hunting, what am I supposed to do? Question myself? No, I just question her cartoon objections. But they did defend hunting. One of the guys in the, the, the chef who has to, you know, cut up all this food and serve it to everybody said, without the guns, oh, she doesn't like guns either. Did you know that? Ooh, what a brave stance. This person is taken by being against guns and hunting um you know i mean there's great reasons to hate guns and great reasons to hate hunting but do we need to see them in a character that we've already seen so many things about and and, and is it fair to keep going back into her family's business to uh keep you know digging up just dig and dig and dig until you find another ghost uh probably not and then if all you can come up with is guns are bad and hunting is bad and the royal family's uh, rigid lifestyle can make you lonely. We've seen that. So that's enough talking about this turd of a film. Give it one star on, uh, on Letterboxd. One star. So you could be like me and just give things stars. One. You could give a half. I give it one. Then I have a movie that I gave four stars to. This movie is called The French Dispatch, directed by Wes Anderson. Now, the best review of this on Letterboxd I read was, directed by Wes Anderson. Yeah, no shit. I, I'm not really cussing because I'm reading, but um, that's a great review. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, really? I didn't know. But this is a super fun Wes Anderson dream, romanticizing journalism in the late 30s or early 40s. They don't really even say. 
But what it says about the art world is worth the price of admission. There's an art component into it, and like art shows and the, art, the people in the art world love it. We've got to pay attention to every single thing in it. Like I always say, I know every single thing there is to know about art itself. I just don't know what I like. But, uh, but I like this movie. You have to pay attention to everything, every word. Every, because it's just, it's really wordy, but that's the style of the time, the 30s, 40s, a journalist, you know, they're just saying, hey, cover the story. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. A lot of words. You look at the movies for the, uh, from the era. A lot of uh, wordy stuff, wordy stuff. My wife thought it was too wordy. I thought, you know what? That's the point. She was on her phone the whole time, so I'm, I don't really know what movie she was talking about. You, you have to uh, really pay attention to every frame, every pixel in every frame, every wavelength of every sound. If you don't, you're shortchanging yourself and the filmmaker. Uh, this is going to take multiple viewings. I saw it at, uh, on Tuesday at the Long Beach Marketplace. Which, eh, it's not my favorite place to go, but on Tuesdays, there's a little hint. It almost costs nothing. For my wife and I to go is $4 a piece. Yep. The night before at the Cinemark, $9.99 for both of us plus a tax, $13. Because if you, you know, belong to the right movie clubs, you're not going to pay much. The only problem with the, the AMC movie clubs is they, they say, hey, you can go to three movies a week. Tell me three movies a week that I would want to see. There's two movies a week I want to see. I see one. I probably don't see the other. Every once in a while, I see the other. Now, did I watch anything else? Maybe on my... Uh, Criterion Channel or whatever. No, no, you know what I did on Netflix. There's all kinds of music documentaries on there right now. And I watched the Leonard Skinner one. Why? Because I know people. Well, I'll tell you why. I, I took uh, a couple priests to Disneyland, a couple Catholic priests. And um, one of them I didn't know at all. And the other one I knew kind of well. And uh, I show them around. That's kind of one of my ministries. I take priests to Disneyland. And, and uh, their families or whatever, you know, it's my, it's my, uh, my ministry or whatever, my little charity or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I was getting to know the one priest and I said, this is the best way to do it. Before you entered the seminary, what kind of music did you like? Well, you have volumes. And the one guy, he was from Nigeria and the Nigerian priests are the best priests because Nigeria, a lot of troubles there. The top percentage, percentile of human beings, the males, are trying to get into the priesthood to, to escape whatever is out there. So, uh. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're in Nigeria, get into the priesthood, you know, and you can join an order. They'll probably ship you to another country. Uh, you'll have a, they'll pay for your school, you know, you'll get a PhD out of it, and you will be saved to, uh, in the afterlife. So it's, it's, here people don't think about that. They go, oh, I'm going to live, live well. 
get gout. Die at age 69. Um, great. But in in Nigeria, that's how you end up. If you walk into a, a, a Catholic church and you see a, a, a Nigerian priest walk down the aisle, you're in for a show. It's going to be good. But, so that guy, you know what he liked? Classic rock and roll. He liked Elvis, stuff like that. Pretty cool. Okay. Ask the other guy who's from Oakland. What kind of music did you like before you joined the priesthood? And he said, I like Southern rock. I go, like, Skinnerd? He goes, yeah, Leonard Skinner. That, is, that would be what I like. So that's an interesting guy. He grew up in Oakland, became a priest. Favorite music is Southern Fried Rock. I don't know a lot about Leonard Skinner. So I watched the documentary on Netflix about Leonard Skinner, and it was very, very good. Uh, none of these movies have been as good as Last Night in Soho so far. And on the television front, I usually don't like bore you with everything I'm watching on TV, but I am watching The Queen's Gambit. I know you already watched it, and you're cooler than me. But I, didn't really, I couldn't really understand what it was about. I thought it was like you know another period drama that my wife was going to make me watch with painted, uh, pasty faces and powdered wigs. Um, you say the queen, and I go, oh, do I need another queen thing? But then, then I dragged her to see uh, Spencer, didn't I? So I watched it because um, uh, deep down I'm a pervert, and the star of Last Night in Soho, one of the stars, Anya Taylor-Joy, so mesmerized by her on the screen. Like, That's the queen's gamut lady? Gotta watch that. So I did, and I'm mesmerized again. Can't get enough of it. Not in a weird way. I just, I just like it. It's okay. There's other, you know, good performances in it, not just her. So, uh, that's about it for the movie section. Now let's go on to news in Hollywood this week. First bit of news is the. Uh, I think we were talking about this like while I was doing my show. Uh, the news came across the wire here of a death at a Travis Scott concert. And I made some stupid comment because I didn't know anything. I was really wrong about everything. I just didn't know. Was ha- I thought there was a fire and people were burned up. That's how wrong I was. Like when I was a kid playing the cello, I had no concept of the instrument. I was blowing into it. Right? Now I'm stealing jokes from Woody Allen. But that's from Take the Money and Run. If you haven't seen Take the Money and Run, you should see it. And the Travis Scott uh, concert, there are 100 lawsuits have been filed against Travis Scott and the promoters. Now, the, what people are going after is they're going after uh, Live Nation, the, um, the promoter. But I, I got to tell you, from everything I've looked at and the information I've got, the blame goes on the local promoter. There's a local promoter who, who is the promoter. That's the real promoter. He gets money from Live Nation, or she, gets money from Live Nation to help put on the concert. But Live Nation doesn't know what's going on there. You know, there's insurance. These people are reputable, theoretically. But when something like this happens, you find out, well, we better take a closer look at this because this guy just got us in a lot of trouble because these people don't know how to run a festival and they don't, uh, have enough uh, people for security, but is it their fault? You can't hire anybody to do anything because the government is paying people to stay home. So that's one of the problems. Now, think about that. If I was like a, a, a super ideologue about COVID, I would say, well, hey, you're trying to prevent COVID deaths, but I would say those are eight COVID deaths, now nine at Astroworld, 
because we locked down everything and we paid money for people not to work. So they don't work. So now we don't have anybody to put these festivals on and eight people died. Are you happy? Okay, that's probably um, unfair to say that those are COVID deaths. But you could make the argument and the people that say that lockdowns are bad, they add deaths like this or the deaths of people who don't go to cancer screenings because the, everybody, everything's been locked down. And all those, co those are deaths. So, um, uh, and they say way more people, you know, died of uh, those kinds of COVID deaths than actual COVID deaths. But I'm not smart enough to know it's that's true, but we do have to think about it when we put on a concert, if we really have enough people and not just people, competent people to run a, a festival like this. Then we go to Travis Scott. I didn't know about this, but he has a cult following. And that's I got from people who work in the concert industry who see these people and work these concerts. They called it a cult. So there's a cult following doing whatever this guy says. And a lot of times he says, uh, wreck this place, destroy it, storm the stage. I want chaos. And that is a um, sign of uh, immaturity. Um, there, that, that, that went on in the punk rock world for a long time because, you know, the punk rock people are like, let's get chaos, anarchy going here. And after a couple lawsuits, when you, here's what happens. You're in, a, uh, and, and this is on a lower level in the punk rock world. I try to tell people this all the time. And I, and I would, uh, the, main, the main offender, probably Fletcher from Pennywise, who says, um, hey, everybody, you know, ignore authority and come on down here. If you're in the cheap seats, just climb the barricades and come here onto the floor. And that's like, you know, gives you punk points, but it causes harm to a lot of people. It's charitable to some, non-charitable to others. A lot of times people, especially celebrities, say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exhibit all this charity, but they don't realize, think it through. That's the opposite of charity to the people that got trampled or the people that paid to be in the floor. So, but people, you know, celebrities and performers like to, you know, be men of women of the people. So they say, come on down, ignore everything. Let's do this, people. So he did that a bunch of time. He's already like pled guilty or had charges filed against him. People have inj been injured when he's done this, Travis Scott. I would tell the punk people, don't um, talk like that. Because when, you go, when, when it gets in front of a jury, if there's a, a, a trial over injuries, uh, the people testify and the jury, there's a bunch of old ladies in the jury box and they're saying, wait, you said what? Come on down here, screw authority and climb over the barricades jump off the stage, do stage dives. What is this? I'm, I'm watching a film of stage dives. These are juries. They look at videotape of stage diving and slam pits. That is, that, that, they can't even believe what they're seeing. And they're thinking in their minds, why doesn't the performer stop if this is going on in the audience? Look at that person just did a, a nosedive into the audience. Oh, the, someone fell off the balcony. Why aren't you stopping? And the performer's going, yeah, everybody do it. And egging them on, you're liable for all that stuff. Now, if you... You have a right to be liable for that stuff but, and to do all those things. And if that's your art, go ahead and do it. But you're going to pay. If you don't want to pay, don't do it. Or I used to tell the performers this. Do it in a sarc... Um, tell them to follow the rules in such a sarcastic way that they break the rules. But when the tapes are uh, reviewed, uh, you're up there on stage going, hey, whatever you people don't do, whatever you people up there do, no matter how you envy the people on the floor and the great view they have of this band... Whatever you do, don't jump over that barricade right there. And don't try any tricks. Like you jump over the barricade here and then distract this guy. And then you guys jump over. And then a bunch of you people jump over that. Don't do that. It's not fair. And let me tell you something, children. 
It's unsafe. So everybody be safe, and whatever you do, don't break the rules and jump over that barricade and come in here, and whatever you do, don't make a stage dive. That's against the rules, too, okay? They're going to laugh at you, uh, and they're going to have a lot of fun, and they're going to do it all, and you're going to have your chaos. And then when they review the tapes, you get to say, I told them not to do that, so I am clearly not liable. The fault is with the security. Now, in this case, the Travis Scott case, they're going to fault. It is the security's fault, or the people who hired the security, people who managed the security, people put at the barricades, and the people who didn't have enough people to say, hey, everybody has to stop here and can't break through. Um, but what the lawsuits seem to be doing is suing Live Nation because they have the most money. So I'm hoping that people will, will realize that the fault is with the promoter and Travis Scott. Travis Scott has a uh, track record of, of doing this kinds of stuff. And even if he didn't do it that day, Travis Scott has created this atmosphere where they do it. So he's going to be able to say, hey, I didn't do it this day. But it's definitely not um, uh, the fault of Live Nation other than maybe they should have taken a closer look because their name's there and they have the big, uh, the deep pockets. They, now they know we got to have more security. Now, what if they don't do Travis Scott concerts anymore? I remember when I was uh, in the punk scene in like 1982, 83, all the punk shows were getting banned. And we couldn't play any shows because there were slam pits and stage diving. Then the hip-hop shows were, um, and I was going to the hip-hop shows. I was in a riot uh, known as the 1983 Long Beach Arena Run DMC Riot. If you want to look that up on YouTube. 1983, Long Beach Arena, Run DMC Riot. I thought I was going to die. I got post-traumatic uh, stress disorder from it. Couldn't sleep, couldn't be in crowds, nightmares. Horrible, horrible experience watching people get beaten to a pulp and thrown off balconies, their lifeless forms, thudding, so that other people could pick up pieces of chairs and slam them onto the people that had just been thrown off the balcony. This happened when the Crips uh, decided they were going to uh, start a war in the concert. And a couple bands played, and then they just started the war. And there were floor seats. I was in the, in the balcony. The floor seats started getting crazy with fights breaking out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And then it was the Crips versus the Bloods. And then, you know, I, I assume it were Bloods. You know, I don't, I'm not taking names of everything. And then they started beating each other and, the, and grabbing chairs and beating, beating, and then pretty soon the concert had to stop. Then the, the, the fight got so chaotic, they looked like, they can't even tell who's a Crip and who's a Blood anymore. 
So they just started saying, well, let's beat the crap out of Mexicans. Mexicans like hip-hop too, and they were there. I was there. Although I had bleached hair and I'm only half Mexican, so I didn't look Mexican. I looked like a punk rocker. I didn't look like a rap music fan from the hood. So I was up in the balcony with my white friend, and we were in the, I guess, you know, not, we were not being targeted, targeted as Mexicans at first. They targeted the Mexicans. Now it's blacks against Mexicans, and they beat the crap out of every Mexican in there and left them lifeless, like a war. They're all done. They're lifeless on the ground. It's uh, like permanent damage, uh, Mexicans being tossed off the balcony and then beaten down below. Uh, this is horrible to witness. So I know what there's a lot of PTSD uh, going on at the Travis Scott thing because they saw this too. They saw people die, okay? They have it, and that's going to be part of these lawsuits. And a lot of that's going to be from the employees of the show uh, and, and uh, the liability against their employers because they, they got harmed. You can get harmed from PSD the same way you can get harmed from being crushed. Uh, it's, it's, it's damages, and you can recover from that because the idea is the courts want to punish people who are negligent so that they can prevent this thing from happening in the future. So let's back to run DMC riot. Uh, right, then, then when they ran out of Mexicans, because they were all uh, lifeless, they said, well, let's get uh, white people. And everybody's locked inside the Long Beach Arena, okay? I, well, we want out. We can't get out. We're locked in there. Uh, the security has locked themselves in the back uh, of, the, of the arena. And we, are, we can't go through the tunnels to get out because there are mobs of crips and whatever in those tunnels. And if you want to go through a tunnel when everybody's getting beat, the crap beat out of them, you, go ahead. You can't. So you're just kind of hiding up and moving further and further, higher and higher up the rafters as they target you. And they would point to someone and say, let's get that guy. And they would go after him. And they would beat him, beat him lifeless. And they were, they, were, they were kind of running out of people. And then they pointed to us. Get them. And then, so we start running up the, you know, running over seats higher and higher and higher and higher. Just as we were cornered and about to die, the police broke through and got in and started uh, uh, arresting people and grabbing people. Then they scattered. And then we were left alone. And then we crept down. And we scattered out into Long Beach. Uh, where we had to hide in a restaurant bathroom, Parker's Lighthouse. Because, the, I mean, we're running. Where are you going to hide? They're going to get you wherever. They're going to get you in the parking lot. They have guns now. Guns start going off because they left the guns in their cars because they didn't want to lose their guns in the, ho- in the uh, arena security. So you're just gunfires going off. You're just running and hiding. Anyway, these things are horrible. Um, did they stop rap concerts? No. Rap concerts went on over and over and over. And I know because the vandals started opening for... Uh, Public Enemy and uh, LL Cool J and all that stuff. I don't know. Grandmaster Flash. The, the K-Rock played both, all these bands together, so we, they were putting us on these bands, these bills. And then I was, you know, it was hard for me because uh, I was scared. But uh, I got over it and uh, little, still a little bit weird about crowds and about, you know, being conscious of where am I going to get crushed. And then, yeah, I don't want to go into it anymore. But anyway, uh Travis Scott, will they stop Travis Scott concerts? I don't know. Will, will you insure, as an insurer, will you insure a Travis Scott concert? I wouldn't. So we'll see how this gets handled. But it's not, it's not all on uh, Live Nation. But when you have the deep pockets, you've you got a target on your back. So you got to, I guess, the lesson is be a little more careful now that we know there's not enough labor around to prevent these uh, 
types of COVID deaths. Haha, just kidding about that. All right, let's go to television. Uh, the big television event this week, Yellowstone, the premiere of the new season of Yellowstone uh, for the Paramount Network, which is cable. It's advertising, advertisement-supported cable. Um, so huge. So huge that it beat NFL football. I've talked about how big NFL football is on this show. It's a juggernaut. So much bigger than a, the World Series, a World Series game gets lower ratings than a, than a regular, normal NFL game. Just tell you how big NFL is. But Yellowstone, has, uh, with um, uh, Kevin Costner, it's gotten so big. And now it's uh, Viacom CBS. They always owned it. But it was on you know, other channels and whatever. Now it's on Paramount. So now they, it just just huge boost. 14.7 million viewers over three days, including a simulcast. Three other uh, CBS Viacom channels, the Country Music Channel, TV Land, and the Pop Channel. Um, and same night replays. So they're, they're, you know, they're, how many times did they show that game? Only once. So, you know, take what you want from this. But on the Paramount Network alone, 10.5 million viewers. I mean, so, uh, that's the news right, right now is, is Yellowstone is a big show. And if you're not watching it, you're left out of the conversation, aren't you? Next thing I want to talk to you about is we've talked about Discovery Channel buying AT&T, no, sorry, Time Warner. Just buying it. Discovery Channel, it used to be just like, you know, a, a channel of documentaries. And then pretty soon it grew to, like, when I worked, I first started working for Discovery uh, ID. One of my, my first creative job on a TV series, other than a brief uh, couple years as a showrunner in 2000 for an internet network, um, uh, I, um, yeah, I was going full in television at that time, and then I, um, it was an internet TV network, and it went bust, so I was like, oh, what do I do? I don't know. It was too early for, a, in, like, a Netflix, so 1999, um, and so I went back to my record label, and then the radio, and and then I crept back out in 2006 to become a TV writer for the Discovery ID program, a true crime thing. When I was there, it had 17 channels. And it was a pretty big company out of Silver Springs, Maryland, I think that's the headquarters. Now, they're the biggest thing in the freaking world as far as entertainment because they bought Time Warner. Um, so they own HBO, they own Warner Brothers Studios, and all these channels, Discovery ID, um, the uh, a bunch of you know, it's mostly reality, <clears throat> home flipping, home fix it, all that kind of stuff. So, the 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 president is uh, a gentleman by the name of David Zaslov. David Zaslov, he's just a regular guy. You see pictures of him. He's wearing always wearing this like uh, vest, like a down vest, and but he's out of Denver. That's where all cable is. Oh, I guess, you know, um, Silver Springs, Maryland, Cable, um, in Denver. I mean, this is where these people live. They don't live in Hollywood. So the big news is David Zaslav is moving to L.A. Everybody's meeting with him, and he's meeting with all the agents, Ari Emanuel, Brian Lord, uh, everybody. Having people having parties for him. And he's the new king of all TV, David Zaslav. So who used to be the king of all TV? It was Les Moonves. 
uh, a guy I used to work for. I used to work for him directly in the meetings. I've never met David Zaslav. Um, but he's the new king of TV. And remember his name. Kind of, he's moving out to L.A. to, you know, take over Warner Media. It got ruined by AT&T. We've talked about that, too. But this guy's not a cable phone. He's not a phone guy. He's a, he's a TV guy. So I think this is great. I think he's going to be awesome. I uh, actually just said yes to a Discovery Plus job um, a couple weeks ago that I'll do in between my seasons of uh, Monsters Across America on Fox Nation. And I have another series that I'm producing for the same network, but I can't talk about it just yet. And, uh, you know, the longer you work in Hollywood, here's your people. I mean, for me, it was hard to, to get into the creative writing part of Hollywood. And then I spent eight years trying to sell my own show. I finally sold my own show. Now when you sell your own show, you are a showrunner. You can write your own show. You can direct the episodes. You can do whatever you're going to do, whatever you want to do. So I've directed and written and show ran, you know, two seasons. I got another uh, series coming and a couple others that I've been offered. And then I get offers. You know, now I'm in this, you know, world where people go, hey, what about that guy? And I get a lot of offers. Some I can do. Some I cannot do, um, but they all, every one of them I got from just kind of being nice when I was there, like being nice to other people. And they were like, I mean, the show did well. And this guy was nice. Maybe we should uh, hire him. Um, they didn't really know exactly, you know, which part of the work was actually mine. I could take credit for really. It was just being nice to people. So if you're nice in Hollywood, and I think it's part of what the me too, too movement is about too. Uh, it's just, just be nice to people. And there's like, like the Scott Rudin bullying thing. That's, you know, people are, are raising awareness about you. But don't be a bully. You don't have to put up with that. But just being nice to people will get you very far. Um, the other part is be the first person there and the last person to leave, or at least to make it appear that that's happening. And uh, you will have a lot of opportunities. The luck part has to land there too. So then the luck part was, you know, me finally selling my own show. And well, that was some more perseverance. I just kept collecting shows, trying to sell them. Try, 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 try. Bingo, get one. It's like catching a fish. Sit there, it's dry, 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 dry. And your wife says, uh, give up. But my wife never did. A lot of people that didn't, their wife said, give up. You got to go back and do this. Or if you have a kid and you just can't, you can't take these chances anymore. I didn't have a kid, so I just kept going. And now I got more than I can handle and looking for ways to ramp up and grow. The uh, last thing before I go, I will talk about the ratings this week, the TV ratings, because the biggest, probably the biggest thing happening this year or this week is this uh, trial, a televised trial uh, with uh, this guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, who has been uh, accused of murder uh, for shooting people during the riots um, in Wisconsin, I guess, Kenosha. That's where the trial is. Um, I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to it at the time. But the kid's on trial, and he's testifying in his own defense. And that always gets big numbers. If somebody's testifying in their own defense, that is a blockbuster, because you don't have to testify. You can sit there and have them prove that you are uh, guilty. And if they can't, beyond a reasonable doubt, to 12 jurors, you've got to get a unanimous to convict then you, the guy walks free. So in this case, Kyle Rittenhouse um, 
they believe, obviously his attorneys believe he's a capable of defending himself and, and, and he cannot be rattled. And, and because if he gets rattled and then they get him to say things that are bad, then the, the, the prosecuting attorneys will say, look, you said this one time, you said that, are you a liar? Are you, is it true? Was that a lie or was this a lie? Should anybody believe you here? Um, that kind of stuff. So they put him on the stand. I saw him on the stand. He, he broke down, cried. Uh, also good TV. Then they, then they took him out, said, uh, compose yourself. He came back in. Then he was just like a machine answering questions. The prosecutors could not rattle him. The prosecutors looked like they hadn't done their homework. They didn't know anything. They didn't know as much about guns and things that, that he did. So they, they didn't, they tried to trip him up and they couldn't. So he did not get flustered. I'm not going to say he demolished the prosecutor, just that it's not really what happens, but the prosecutor couldn't demolish him. Uh, then I think the interesting part of the trial was this guy who was a commentator, a news commentator or YouTube or whatever, you know, like he gets a microphone and he goes and watches exciting things like riots. He was a witness. He's an eyewitness to the whole thing. He saw the people that um, Rittenhouse shot. Now, he shot three people, and two of them died. Um, so this guy was able to say, yeah, these guys, and this was the most interesting thing. I think that was the most compelling thing, thing I thought. If believed, this impartial news guy, if believed, we saw somebody tell an uninterrupted account of what happened that night. It seemed to be true. So an uninterrupted, a big, long, uninterrupted speech about the truth about what happened. Not from the defense, not from the prosecution, but from an eyewitness. Now, he's an eyewitness for the defense. That's why they called him up there. So you can believe him or not believe him. But he, uh, nobody's saying they, they don't believe this guy. Um, he said, so in an uninterrupted account of what happened in that trial. That's the best part of the TV that I saw. Uh, so if you, want, if you can look, if you can find it on YouTube or whatever, the commentator, they called him, that's what he calls himself, the commentator. The commentator's testimony. Now that um, was interesting also because if you're watching, C CNN had to, uh, it's a kind of thing where, well, on Fox they would play this anyways because what he said was these guys were starting, these were bad actors that he shot. They were starting trouble or at least one or two of them, are, you know, there's different guys seeing different things at the same time. But this guy seemed to see most of it. They were starting trouble. They were trying to get chaos to happen. They were trying to get anarchy because if they're Antifa or Antifa adjacent, that's what they want to do. Um, so they, he testified that they were causing trouble. And then finally, uh, when they got to Kyle, that they grabbed his gun, they pointed a gun at his head. You know, all these things that the, the, the all the defense has to do is say, hey, this is reason, this is a re there's reasonable doubt that this is not um, self-defense. This is self-defense, they're saying. The guys, the guys uh, if he doesn't fire, pull the trigger, he's going to die or be grievously harmed. That's all he's, he's, his defense is. So the commentator gave an uninterrupted speech saying that what what led you to believe, yeah, I guess this was self-defense. Now, that would have been aired on Fox. It never would have been aired on CNN or MSNBC, but they had to air it. So, the, so all three networks had to air this uninterrupted account of what happened that day. That, to me, was the best uh, part of it, because that's where I thought I was getting the truth, and I hadn't known any of this stuff.
I didn't know that the three people that were shot were all convicted felons. One was a burglar. One was a wife beater. One was a child molester, according to reports. Okay, they're all three felons. This is what they did. So who's out there on these riots? Well, one can assume out of a sample, he picked off three. One, two, three, bring them in. Child molester, wife beater, burglar. All white, by the way. So it's hard to say that he's a racist. Um, and that's one of the things they're going to have to, they want to say to make it look like he's a, a, some white supremacist uh, guy. He shot three white people. So interesting. Um, now, these three people, this is a, it looks like a, uh, a sampling of what's out there when you're seeing the white people that are rioting. Now, the black people that are rioting, you've got Black Lives Matter, you've got aggrieved uh, people that are against police brutality. But these three people, uh, the child molester, the wife beater, and the uh, burglar, um, to me it just seems like these are people who, that, who, who um, like, thanks to poor planning and whatever else, their lives did not turn out the way they had hoped. And they ended up in jail being really bad people, uh, beating spouses, molesting children, and robbing from people. Now, if they were caught doing these things and convicted, it, were that the only time they did it? Or had they been doing it, you know, willy-nilly until they got caught and since? I don't know, but they're bad people. These are the people that are on the streets rioting, the white people, that want to bring about chaos so that everybody can start over. Now, if I just got out of jail from beating my wife or molesting children or, or uh, burglaring, yeah, I kind of like, let's just tear down the whole system and start over, and I can be equal now. I can start over. So to do that, I got to go out here with a gun and with torches and, and create chaos. Now, that's what we saw in this trial. We got to see it. We got to listen to people make that case. The ratings, uh, huge. Uh, good for everybody, really. Uh, for Fox, um, like I'm looking at numbers here. They're like, here's Fox, uh, a show called The Five on Fox. Um, 3 million, 3.2 million viewers. CNN, 771,000. That's big for CNN. Normal week, there was a headline the other day that said CNN doesn't have a show that breaks, two, two, breaks 200,000. Didn't have one. But now with this, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of rating. This is big money. This is a lot of ratings. Uh, what do we got? Spe- Tucker Carlson tonight, 3.5 million viewers. Anderson Cooper, 824,000. Uh, MSNBC, 1.2 million. Big number for them. Uh, Hannity, 3.1 million. Cuomo, 850. They're on the same time, 859. Uh, Rachel Maddow, 2.1 million. I mean, she loses to the, to Fox, but that's still, it's a big number. Um, Greg Gutfeld, my friend, my good friend, Greg Gutfeld, 2 million and 5,000. And uh, the guy he's going up against, Don Lemon, got 441,000. 44,000, still good for him. It's one-fourth of what Gutfeld gets. Hmm. And the uh, 11th Hour with Brian Williams, 1.1 million. So um, big numbers, big news. And then we're going to hear the jury tomorrow. Uh, or, or the jury's deliberating starting on Monday, and then you know there'll be a big bump for the, uh, deli- the, the verdict delivery. And there will be a lot of news commentating back and forth. 
and then we'll see, um, then it'll all shake out. But in any case, that's my analysis of the TV uh, bonuses that people are reaping from this trial, which I think is pretty interesting. I went to law school, so I, I like this, and OJ trial. And I don't like to practice law, but I like to, you know, that I, I, I learned so much in law school. I got the, that I get to see it played out in real time. And I love it. Anyway, uh, I think that's enough for us. Thank you for sitting through this podcast. And hopefully we'll be live on Sunday nights on KEIB soon again. But until then, I'll leave you with just a taste of the greatest song ever written. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.